Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Is the LDS Church losing its identity? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week we've been looking at an article written by Peggy Fletcher Stack. It was in the Salt Lake Tribune titled, Mormon Vanquished, Moroni Missing, Pageants Pulled, Is the LDS Church Losing Its Identity? And in this article, she interviews a number of people, some of whom don't seem to be really excited about some of the course corrections that have been made since Russell M. Nelson became the president back in 2018. Now, all of them seem to still be very faithful Latter-day Saints, but they do express some of their concerns, and I can kind of understand some of the things that they are saying, some of them not so much. But she interviews a woman by the name of Christine Hogland who had a problem with the fact that the church being squeezed down to a two-hour segment from a normally three-hour segment, they have fewer opportunities for singing together than there used to be. That was one of her complaints. So we're seeing this lack of community as being a theme that goes through some of these concerns. But this concern will continue on with Claudia Bushman. Now, Claudia Bushman is the wife of Richard L. Bushman, who is a pretty well-known LDS historian. And we find her concerns under the subheading, What About Worship? The church has replaced vigorous discussions of church history and doctrines of salvation with lessons about Jesus Christ and a simple Protestant-type gospel of love, comfort, and kindness, she says. Let me stop you there, Eric, because it sounds like she's making a distinction between the two as one she liked as opposed to perhaps one she doesn't like. Now, this is where I think Peggy Fletcher Stack is not really clear with the point maybe she's trying to make. And I find that to be a difficulty in reading this article. Some of it is a little bit difficult to understand. Okay, what's the point that's really trying to be made here? Sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's a little bit vague. This is one of those times when I think it's a bit vague. She says the church has replaced vigorous discussions of church history and doctrines of salvation with lessons about, quote, Jesus Christ in a simple Protestant-type gospel of love, comfort, and kindness. Is she trying to give the impression that Claudia Bushman doesn't like this Protestant-type gospel of love, comfort, and kindness? I think if we as Protestants focus on those areas, we're doing pretty well. She says, Much of what we get in church these days is repeated conference talks, a curriculum of limited value. Now, that's a telling statement because conference messages are supposed to be, at least this is the way they've been described, they are supposed to be the voice of God coming through God's servants and being related to the membership. And when she says that these conference talks are a curriculum of limited value— it makes you wonder what she thinks about what's being said during general conference. Now, I would agree with her to a point. I think conference messages are, are pretty benign for the most part. A lot of, you know, folksy stories and things like that. 
But then she talks about the Relief Society. The Relief Society, organized to provide charity and service, is now only a Sunday school class, she says, and everything is always less and less. Shortening the Sabbath program has meant much less chance for human connection, church work interactions, she says, and community. Now, that was the same argument that Ignacio Garcia gave, and he was the BYU professor of history who was raised in San Antonio, Texas, and he made that interesting comment. What brought him into the church, he said, and these are his words, was a sense of community. And he said, without that Mormon identity, I don't know that I would have lasted as a member of the church. So it seems like that seems to be a theme among some of the complaints that we are reading in this article. They've lost this sense of community. The things that made a Latter-day Saint or a quote-unquote Mormon what they are has been lost and Bill, isn't that a big reason why many people stay in the church because of this community? And I think what this entire article is about is you're losing this. And if you're losing this, you're going to lose a lot of your people. And we see in the past few years, that is the case. I wonder how much of it is because of what we're talking about right now. Claudia Bushman continues and says, activities are certainly limited in buildings where multiple wards share the space. So why the endless new temples and no new chapels? What seems to be stressed today are temples. Much effort and money go into the temples, which provide us with solitary and repetitive experiences rather than the community we need. All I can say to that paragraph is, ouch, because Latter-day Saints pride themselves in these temples. Russell M. Nelson, and I would even say Gordon B. Hinckley, because Gordon B. Hinckley, when he was president, he instituted what we called the mini temples, and they were popping up all over the place, and you could have a lot of ideas as to why he felt that was necessary. Of course, he would say to make the temple endowment more easily accessible to the membership. But when she says activities are certainly limited in buildings where multiple wards share the space, and if you're not familiar with how these buildings are utilized on a Sunday, you could have a number of congregations using the same building. They are scheduled and spread out during the course of a Sunday so that these congregations, which are from the local area, because you're not allowed to attend any ward that you want, you are assigned to the ward. And sometimes two, maybe three wards will meet in one building. And I think she makes a good point. If it's a space problem, why spend so much of the members' money, the tithe, on new temples? Shouldn't they be building more chapels? I think if that's the problem, then she raises a very good point. Uh, I'd counter that, though. The LDS Church is going to say they don't put all of the money into new temples. Most of that money usually comes from the community. They have to raise a lot of that money. So I'm sure the Latter-day Saint leaders would say, well, the chapels would cost us 100%, where the temples might only cost us 20%. But in saying that, Eric, would you take away from her argument that if, in fact, we don't have enough room to have all of these community events go on, shouldn't the emphasis be geared to building more of these buildings where a local congregation would have the facilities to have these community events that she seems to be missing. And especially since temples are closed on Sundays, so that can't even be used on a day when Latter-day Saints gather. The article goes on 
where it says that Bushman wants Latter-day Saints to create a society, a culture, and close relationships that enrich us all as we reach into the broader society to help others. Maybe it is better for us to do those things independently. But as a result, she says, our mother church just becomes more and more barren. She goes on and says, we now hear that we should be inviting people to things rather than preaching to them. But what is it we are to invite them to? I do not think that our sacrament meetings are enough. I don't think that our sacrament meetings are enough. And in an earlier broadcast, I had mentioned this couple that I met several years ago who basically had that same kind of an idea, but it was more in the lines of doctrinal depth. They felt that they had gone as deep as they could go as members of the LDS Church, and they wanted more. Now, this couple, I believe, was really being guided by the Holy Spirit, and they wanted a deeper relationship in their faith, which ultimately resulted in a deep faith with the Jesus of the New Testament, something obviously they did not have as members of the LDS Church. But I think she makes a very indicting statement here. What is it we're going to invite them to? I do not think that our sacrament meetings are enough. But I want to focus on what she also says in that paragraph. We now hear that we should be inviting people to things rather than preaching to them. The reason why I I tend to challenge that statement is because, though I have been invited to some Mormon events, very few of them. However, I don't really recall, and maybe, Eric, your experience is different than mine, but I don't really recall a lot of Latter-day Saints going out of their way to want to preach to me. And I'm not going to take this word preach as, you know, pointing their finger in my face. I'm talking about educating me about what they believe. I don't normally find a lot of Latter-day Saints doing that, ever. I can't recall one instance where a Latter-day Saint went out of his way to talk to me about what he believed. Usually when they did that at all, it was because I brought it up and I was really challenging them. I don't see a lot of Latter-day Saints doing that ever. So I don't know what she means by this. In fact, most of the time, if you were to show interest in the LDS Church, the member will deflect, and rather than tell you what they know, they'll say, well, let me get the missionaries, and you can meet with the missionaries. Hasn't that kind of been the experience that you've had over the years? Certainly, I I think you're right. It goes on to interview a man by the name of Ross Truella, who's a British convert. British convert Ross Truella has been a member for nearly two decades and likes Nelson's changes, which seem to him to be centered on helping people focus more readily on the fundamental principles of the gospel, as well as reducing some of the burdens on the local leadership and members. In an age of such divisiveness within and outside of the church, to get members to turn their faith into practice and love each other as God loves us should be a thing to marvel at, he says. I'm ever the optimist that will get there, and that's ultimately the only cultural identity I want to be identified with. It makes you wonder if Peggy Fletcher Stack threw in this person's opinion just to show a positive side of it, because most of it, you would have to admit, seems to be very critical. But then she cites a man by the name of Patrick Mason. Simplifying to the basic truths is what the Apostle Paul was trying to do when he said that being a Christian really came down to believing a few key ideas, what he called faith. The Nelson administration's push is attempting to separate the pure essence of religion from other social, political, and cultural institutions. But religion isn't just spirit. It craves body and form, narrative, and experience. 
And that's why we get pageants and pioneer treks. Now, this is interesting because that's one thing that Nelson did when he became the president. He got rid of just about all of these outdoor pageants. I think he makes a good point. And what's lost in Nelson getting rid of these is it takes away what I think is the opportunity for the Latter-day Saint to, let's say, invite someone to a pageant like this, which is going to give kind of an overview. It depends on the pageant, of course, you're attending, but an overview, let's say, on what the Book of Mormon is about or why the LDS Church exists and the struggles it went through and things like that. That's all lost now. Now, it could be that Russell M. Nelson found that Christians evangelizing at these events may have undermined some of that positive aspect of the pageants, but we don't really know if that's been an official reason. It's just interesting to see some of the concerns that members of the church have regarding the direction that the LDS church is going. And so I think that question that is raised in the title is very pertinent. Is the LDS church losing its identity? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism. As with most Christian organizations, Mormonism Research Ministry depends on the generous financial support of friends like you. If you like what we do and how we do it, would you consider helping MRM meet its financial obligations? Merely go to our website, mrm.org. At the right, you'll see a donate button. Click there and follow the instructions. MRM is a Christian nonprofit 501c3 organization and your gifts are tax deductible. Not only that, they are greatly appreciated. Thank you for your support of this ministry.